What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Bobby Mason Audio Experience. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me, personally. Also, a big shout-out to Educating Entrepreneurs. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Guys, this podcast is created for all of you because, you know what, the world of entrepreneurship is seriously viewed as this glitzy, heroic career with all these guaranteed pathways to riches and success when, just to be completely honest, you don't just snap your finger and bang, have the mansion, have the travels, have all the pretty ladies. That's just not how it works. So in the Bobby Mason audio experience, we actually have real entrepreneurs on the show. I'm personally a serial entrepreneur after starting 15 companies. And essentially this entire show is just about entrepreneurship and sharing our entrepreneurial stories, our life lessons, our success methods, and lastly, really being honest about our royal F-ups. So thank you so much for listening. You guys can find this podcast anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. You know, iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those good things. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Thank you so much again, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, or good morning, or good afternoon, and welcome to the Bobby Mason Audio Experience. Experience, experience, experience. I'm one of your co-hosts for today, Brandon Wilson, alongside me, Joey Traxler, and the one and only Bobby Mason, Mason, Mason. Take it away, Bob. You still hear that echo? <laughs> Got a little echo problem here on the show today. Oh, how, how are the boys doing? Oh, for all of you guys that don't know, it's pretty exciting information. Joey and Brandon both moved in with their parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, guys. I think that's a good place to start because you guys aren't losers. I'll give you that. Well, let's not go that, that far. I mean, I feel like we, we're okay. kind of bordering you know you're only one we person said that we aren't a loser so far sure hey bobby did you get the uh did you look at who voted for us to stay on who's better oh crap i forgot to do it oh gosh okay i gotta I was, remember I was, to do that next week. I was looking out for it all week so i could vote for joey yep that's my bad okay i gotta remember to do that write that down joey Put a good, I put a good product out last week, so I really got to step it up this week, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you just got to talk. Oh, pressure's on. Oh, my gosh. Is there a windstorm over there? <laughs> All right, guys. So <laughs> we're starting really, really strong. Really good stuff. But actually, you guys want to explain why you guys moved out of your apartment? Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, before all of this COVID nonsense, we actually um, were planning on moving out. Um, I was going to be traveling uh, internationally. I was going to be working internationally for a while. And so um, I guess because of that and because of some other things, me and Brandon decided that we were going to move out. <laughs> and uh at home. Um, however, as you all know, this COVID stuff is happening and international travel is no longer happening. And so um, here we are living with the only rent, having a grand old time. I'm curious, what are you thinking of doing now that you can't go to Germany? Are you thinking of living there for a while? Or are you thinking of looking for a place right away? Or um, I will spend the summer here and then I will probably look for a place starting in the fall, I'm assuming, probably September timeframe and um, kind of go from there. We'll fill out the, fill out the summer, see how it goes. I still back in Minneapolis? Out. Will you go back towards Minneapolis? Towards, I don't know if I'd be in it or not. We'll see. Maybe like the Northeast area. It's a good area. I don't know if I want to be um, in the middle of everything like I was before, but. It was fun, but we'll see. So you have to drive 30? Is it 30 minutes to get to work? 
30, 35 to get to work from here, which I mean, blessing and a curse that coronavirus is going on because I don't have to commute to work now. So, um, and I don't, I kind of have a car, but I don't really have a car. So cross that bridge when we get there. Gosh, it must be so nice. You don't have a car. You don't have any expenses living at your parents. Just making cash. Oh, that's uh, that's what I'm trying to do here. You know, it's be the dream. I'm going to move in with my parents. It's nice. nice what about I'm you, gonna, Brian? I'm going to be uh, living here for probably a decent amount. I'm going to be giving my parents rent every month. And by that, I mean basically just giving them money and setting it aside where I can't touch it. Um, and then try to save up for a down payment on a house if the time is right. Um, if not, just keep saving, I guess, until time is right and i guess see where i am in six months maybe if i can last that long here but who knows i think once this uh go ahead oh i was just gonna ask you said that you are paying rent in quotes that will go back to you um are you guys doing have you guys worked anything out with your parents like from a standpoint of doing shopping, getting groceries, getting any of the stuff or no? That's what like, I just got groceries today, but I'm probably going to buy my own stuff. But my mom just had to go at the same time. So she just got that stuff then, but I'll probably end up paying her back anyways. But, um, but yeah, I'm probably going to, if I need groceries, I'm probably going to go out and get it myself. I'm not going to like wait until they need to go. And I mean, I could probably go with them, but I'd, feel more comfortable just paying for my own stuff just to not just have all this money sitting in my account staring all at this money? <laughs> no oh my uh, gosh. Tw- this 25 cents an hour that i get um <laughs> no but i i don't know i would just feel weird not like just getting groceries and stuff and like doing my own laundry and stuff like that so um but yeah figuring out the rent thing that was kind of the biggest thing just how much i wanted to put in just to get a base of what i wanted to put for a down payment for a house i guess we were still trying to figure that out we haven't really sat down and actually talked about it we just kind of brought it up so they're just gonna hold it yeah gotcha so looking at a house that's a big commitment yeah yeah geez that's impressive I'm not even looking at a house. Nor. I think we fun. All the things that come along with it. And then Mowing fix the it up a bit. Get Bobby's skills of fixing up and working on projects. I'd come over every weekend and help. Yeah. I do. I don't want to get an absolute like shithole, but I wanna get something that I can actually put some work into. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna ask uh, a question. Oh. This is what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about. Okay. Question loud. I want to know what your biggest hurdle was in life. Like, wh- what was the biggest hurdle you ran into that comes to the top of your mind, and how did you overcome it, or what did you learn from it, and how did you overcome it if you did overcome it? And I can start too, because I, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to get us started. Yeah. Okay. So I brought it up before, right? And I actually just posted about it on Instagram about how uh, in seventh grade, my parents tested me for a learning disability to make sure I wasn't mentally handicapped. Um, and it's because I didn't try very hard. And um, I don't think I don't think Joey knew this when we were in middle school, because I'm pretty sure we were in the we were in the highest math class together. And we got all the special treatment that allowed us to do all the, the garbage and recycling and stuff. But in middle school, I legitimately did not care one bit. Besides, I, all I wanted to do is have fun. So um, 
my parents decided that I had a learning disability and sent me to Huntington Learning Center. And I went there every day after school and everyone at my pod, I was a pod of six. This is not making fun of people that have Asperger's or autism, but everyone in my pod did and I did not. So we were all learning the same things, which was a little unique because I was pretty much learning like first grade math in seventh grade. So um, that was pretty humbling because, well, to go more in detail, the reason why I actually figured out that I needed to figure this thing out was um, one of the days I decided to run away. <laughs> so I was supposed to go to Huntington, but I just got on my bike and left for about 16 hours until the cops picked me up at a park. Um, How far did you get? Uh, you know, like 15 miles. I, I, I had no plans to actually run away from home. Like I, I was going back. I was just running away far enough that I didn't have to go to Huntington. Because <laughs> it made me feel, it made me feel so ashamed of myself for letting myself get to the point where I put in such little effort that I actually had to go and get tested to be, like if I had a learning disability. Like that's actually what my parents thought. Like my dad looked at me, he's like, I think you're smart, but I'm just not sure you might have a disability because you just don't do anything. <laughs> I was like, right. And that day when I ran away, well, ran away really was just get away from Huntington. Um, like the whole time I was riding my bike, I was just sitting there thinking to myself, this is the last day you don't try. I was like, cause you cannot, you're so ashamed that you're actually just biking away from all of your fears. And I was like, that's just pathetic. And like in my head, I was like, if any of my friends found out that I was just at Huntington Learning Center every single day after school, getting tested for disability for like six months, oh my gosh, I'd be killed. And so, you know, it's just that thought process that you have in middle school. It's like, well, maybe I am handicapped. I don't really know. Um, and then when the cop picked me up and I rode home in the back of the car, I was like, gosh, I better figure my stuff out. And like, that was the moment from that moment onward, I never got below an A minus or B plus, I think, because it was just unacceptable because in my head after that moment, it was like, I cannot go back to that because I have some, I have the ability to do something and that's just shameful that I throw it away like that. So that was like my biggest personal challenge that I went through in seventh grade and occurred for like six months. And you didn't even know because I didn't want you to know. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Did you, actually, did you actually come to the realization of that in middle school or is it something that like looking back, you're like, wow, that like moment defined me or, or obviously you um, saw that defined you, but no. it's just like. I actually came to the realization it's because because I had to come to the realization and I had to explain to my father why I didn't have to go anymore. And he said, like, when I sat down with him, I still remember, like, he's like, well, you've excelled in everything. They said that you're their fastest learner. Well, yeah, it's because I was the only one there that wasn't mentally handicapped. So, like, I had a pretty big advantage. Um, and he's like, so I know you're smart, but you have to keep going there until you, sh you tell me why you shouldn't. And you just saying you're smart or you just saying that you can put in more work. That's not going to do the trick for me. You're still going until you learn your lesson. So I remember I actually had to go in his study. And I remember I was crying and I just sat down and started explaining like, this is the reason why I don't have to go anymore. Like, this is the reason why I'll start trying. And then, like, any time I start thinking about not trying, I don't know, I just go back to that moment and 
like just think of the embarrassment I felt, even though it's not a big deal, it really isn't. But just like the personal shame that I felt for not coming through when people expected me to come through, even if it was my parents. Like, I just never wanted to do that again because I didn't want to have to see that in their face, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want it to get to a point where any of you guys, like any of my friends, knew that I slacked on things because that like bothered me like crazy after that. Do you think that is a. Do you think that still carries today? I mean, in the sense of you don't want people like us knowing about, I don't know, not your faults, but maybe where you don't, you know, excel as much. Um, I know you've been more vulnerable, like, I don't know if that's the right word, just like letting people, letting people in and stuff like that on social media, just letting people know, like, what bothers you or what you struggled with or whatever, but it's kind of curious if that has carried through um, throughout your life a little bit. Yeah. So the reason why I actually did start doing, I mean, one of the reasons why I started doing social media and one of the reasons why something I'm going to start doing now, and you saw me do the Easter one, I'm going to start doing these little vlogs. And you created a family Instagram. Yep. Create a family Instagram. Um, it's legitimately, I did it to start getting over my fears of caring what people think of me. Like, I think ever since Huntington or ever since seventh grade, ever since that occurred, I've always been in a prove it mode. Like, I don't want to show my imperfections because I'm afraid that when I show them, there's going to be consequences. And like, obviously the ones were completely warranted in seventh grade. I mean, my parents were not unjust. They totally did the right thing. Like I'd be a slacker without it probably. But like, like ever since then, whenever I made a mistake, I'd always try to be, I try to cover it up or I try to make it less of a mistake or I try to like explain myself because I was afraid that I needed to prove to like, For example, you guys, if I showed you too many mistakes at a time, I was afraid that you guys would think I was just a piece of ass, you know, and like you wouldn't come to me with questions anymore. Like you wouldn't ask for my help. Like I couldn't give advice. And so like for such a long time, I haven't been, I've tried to hide like who I truly am, I think. Not, not to you guys. I'm, I'm myself with you guys, but like, even in the business sense, I try to hide this weird side that doesn't make sense. And the side that shows I don't know anything because for so long I've been in prove it mode. So everyone I meet with, it's still like, I'm trying to prove it to you. I don't need to do that. It's just stupid. It's a waste of time and it takes a ton of energy. So like, yeah, it definitely carries over. And that's why I'm starting to do all these things because I'm just really fine with who I am now. And I need to be fine with that and just accept it, you know? And I know that's a sad thing to accept at 26, but it's just like, who cares? <laughs> no, I, it's not sad. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I still probably don't show people, you know, you guys know me yeah i'm an open book right Um, (laughs) totally so fun uh but no i'm i'm in the same boat i mean i don't truly show people who i am yeah uh, besides you guys Um, yeah and And i don't think you have to show everyone who you are i don't think like that isn't a that isn't a need it's just something based on my life now at this point i started to think to myself it is a need for me. Like, it's not, I I no longer need to be a 26-year-old person that knows a lot of stuff in the business world and that's it. I just can't do that anymore. Uh It's, it gets exhausting, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is exhausting. It's exhausting just thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Like, 
it's exhausting pretending you know all this and then it's exhausting being stressed out about people thinking you know everything and then it's like <sighs> yeah it's just yeah it can get overwhelming so it's because you play that role and then when people ask you more stuff you have to put in a crap ton of work so you keep knowing that stuff instead of saying i just but don't you do know right end now. up learning it then but it's well, like it's it's, to a certain extent you know it's not good <laughs> But I don't need to become an expert on the random Joe that I met on the street when he asked me a question. I don't need to become an expert on his topic because he asked me about how to fill a cupcake with the proper jelly. I can just say I don't know. Who puts jelly in their cupcakes? <laughs> the most random examples. Also, I don't like being um, your example <laughs> of an average, normal human being. Is it random? Random yeah. Joe. Yeah, I you're a average. You're a guy that drinks out of a nine thousand gallon coffee mug and puts jelly in cupcakes. Look at the size of that coffee mug you have. You want me to show you? Anyway, yeah. okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, good. Interesting. Good to know, Bob. Yeah. Um, yeah I figured I want to. Uh, I want to open up more of you guys on these shows. Like every that. once in a while i just that thing because there's there's a lot of things i think i i i realize i hide a lot of stuff like not not on purpose necessarily but there's a lot of stuff buried in here down there that i'd like to just cover up you know and yeah, i don't know i pointed awesome. it for all of you guys that didn't see that i pointed at my head and my heart because i don't really know where stuff like that's buried it's buried in your brain if you're supposed to say it's i know it's all buried in your brain but if people would say that's like a heart thing or like a brain you know something stupid i keep mine in my big toe <laughs> you're just a random joe that's what random joes do mine. i like that brandon do you want to go yeah um how about your hurl i think this is very uh I don't know. I think happiness is just one I think think of lately. Like what truly makes you happy. And whether that's a job or a job. <laughs> I think it's just that's probably the biggest thing is um sticking with something if you're actually happy and not thinking, oh, it's gonna get better if like, I, I don't know. It's kind of like what you were saying, Bobby, when we were talking about, I don't really care who hears this, if people from work here or whatever, um, finding a new job and kind of taking something because I think it would be good for me at that point and just taking it to take it just to get out instead of finding something that I would truly care about and see myself caring about for the long term. And I think that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately is when looking at new opportunities or something like that, what is actually going to make me happy and not thinking about, Oh, this pays more. I'm just going to do this right now just to get a little bit experience. If it does, if I do get hired or whatever it may be, but thinking down the road, will I actually be happy doing that at the time and thinking about, um, I don't know, I guess that's the same for girls, too. I got over that one when I uh, um, basically dated a girl. This is going to sound awful. <laughs> just to make it seem, just to think that it was something that I needed. And then all of a sudden, like two weeks down the road, I was like, I don't really like this girl. <laughs> And I think I just did it to think that I needed someone and needed to be with someone, but I didn't. I thought I needed it for myself, but thinking more down the road and I feel awful for ending it with that girl, but it was just what was going on in my life at the time. And she just happened to be there, I guess. And it wasn't a good thing for her um, through that whole thing. And I felt bad, but I think it's just a matter of thinking more on my end what actually makes me happy instead of just jumping right into things 
and not trying to please others or do things for others and try to do more things for myself and what makes me happy and not stress out about other people's thoughts. So you might've just covered it there at the end, but are you just making decisions based off of external factors or internal happiness factors? Like, are you saying that internally you make a poor judgment call on what you need without thinking it through properly or externally, do you think people expect you to have certain things or find certain girls or find certain jobs? Um, I think it, does go with both I think externally it's like someone finds you a job like let's say my mom's like oh you should apply at this company and I'm like okay and so I keep applying and I'm like all right well this isn't working out and then you have recruiter recruiters or whatever and like they're hyping you up they're like oh yeah you know we're gonna get you one and then you're like sweet yeah this is gonna be great so then you keep looking into that same thing and I'm just putting myself in one corner where I could be, I'm like, all right, stick with this until, you know, something works out with them. And then it doesn't. And then I get frustrated. And then I could have been like, well, during that whole time I was waiting, I could have actually been looking out for stuff that actually caught my interest instead of trying to push myself into this certain role or whatever it may be with a company. And so now it's kind of like, I'm not going to wait around for that kind of stuff. I'm actually going to do stuff that's going to help me long-term and will actually help my happiness because it's doing a course or whatever it may be that is something that I would enjoy and kind of put me ahead and give me that experience that I didn't have with other places. And so I think it would just be, I don't know. And I think like internally, like it's kind of goes with what you've said before, like someone turns you down and you're like, all right. And then, not that I would, I don't know if I could ever see myself doing this, but if you became really successful in a different company, send that to the other people that turned you down and been like, well, here's what you could add, but I don't think I could see myself doing that. Maybe one day. Can I, can I ask another question then? Yes. Do you ever like, do you take much time to actually map out or decipher what would make you happy? I've been doing that more lately. I think it's when I had my realization of what I actually wanted to start doing and putting my time into when I talked to you or when I texted you enjoy that one day. But um, I think that was more of a spark as I kind of thought back to college and thought what really got me out of bed and what got me excited in the morning to actually go to a class. And it was that kind of stuff. And so I was like, why can't I just treat that like everything that I do now? I was like, what really gets me excited? Like, what <clears throat> do I need to put my energy into instead of wasting my time on other things where I'm like, well, this doesn't really do much for me and focus on the things that actually matter. Are you guys oh, frozen? You're not frozen. You were oh. frozen. Yeah. You guys are frozen yeah, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, sense. I don't know. It's been it's been nice actually like sitting down and thinking about that kind of stuff and kind of mapping out and thinking more. It's like, all right, well, once I'm done with this, I'm going to move on to this next thing. And that kind of excites me to and pushes me more to finish this thing because I'm going to tell myself I'm not going to, you know, finish this until I'm actually done and not just jump around and get myself stressed out and causing more unhappiness. Joy, do you have any follow-up questions for him? I don't know if there's follow-up questions. Um, I mean, it's great that you're, I mean, it's, I mean, it's awesome that you're actually thinking about you're taking the time to think through it. Cause I think, um, that was something that wasn't always done. Not that I always do it either, but, um, that was something that wasn't always done when certain decisions were made. And so I think, uh, taking this time to really think about what's going to make you happy, um, is a great first step. And 
I would say that as a first step uh, because I think following through with those things that you think are going to make you happy is what's really going to make you happy and continuing with those. So I think um, that's a, that's where you need to start and then just kind of continue to evolve from that point on. Yep. Yeah. I'm surprised how many of us just make constant continuous decisions that don't involve our true happiness. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Well, it's like, we, we make the decisions, but it's not, they're not based on happening. I don't know. That's just repeating what you just said, I guess. But the decisions are made and it's like, this will be beneficial for me, but it's not like we're saying that it'll be beneficial for our happiness or something. Yeah. And they all seem like very rash judgment calls. Like they're not like they're true life decisions that change the trajectory of our life. And we just sit there for 15 seconds and go, yeah, that's that will work. Yeah. But it's like, if you actually like use some type of critical thinking or actually thought through <laughs> your decisions a little bit, I, I mean, I know the trajectory of my life would be significantly different. I mean, I'm just thinking about ever since we did this quarantine deal, like just having the time to sit here instead of dealing with all the noise of people needing stuff just having a month to sit here, which I've never done before, and just letting my mind think through things, like my life is going to be completely different. Because like, I'm going to be doing fun things on the weekends. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna still, I'm still gonna work, but like things that I find fun, like this weekend, Ashley and I are thinking about like building shelves. Like, I would never do that in the past. I'm like, I don't want to just build shelves because I should just be working on my other stuff if I'm going to be working on something. But no, like, that'll be fun. <laughs> and it's productive. And I'm learning from it. And I'm making myself just a little bit better every day. Just working on the same crap every day in business, that's not making me a little better every day. It's really not. And that's like the thing I want to change pretty dramatically now. Do you want to hear what I'm doing this weekend? Yeah. Well, first I'm going on the, I'm going on the lake. So I'm going to enjoy some family time on the lake. Finally got the dock is in, slip is in. We're good to go. But Lucky. I'm going to be um, building dumbbells uh, with my Faja. Nice. <laughs> How do you do that? So, um, we got the idea. So, we were searching on, like, Craigslist and stuff, looking for, like, just old weights we could buy. And everything's just so expensive now just because people are, you know, whether it's good or bad, taking advantage of the supply and demand. Yeah. And um, I saw one, and this guy just made him out of concrete. And so, now I got a, like, a pretty large, probably a gallon-sized flower pot and some steel tubing some galvanized edges and like screw, screwed on some like i think it's like a i don't know it's like a t like juts out and so i filled the um the pot with cement and popped the uh the steel plumbing tube thing in there and then um that dried and so um now we're finishing up the other two ones this weekend how heavy do you think it is um, we have a, a, a 40 pound one and we have a 25 pound one. So single dumbbell of 40 pounds. So the two 40 pounders and then two 25 pounders. Nice. You're going to come out of this thing stronger than anything. Give or, give or take a couple pounds. It's, it's, it's a rough calculation. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so the 40 pounder, is that the gallon? Yes. So, so a gallon of two sales. gallons on, is it two gallons in total? It's probably a little less than a gallon um, in the in the flower pot because a gallon of cement is roughly twenty pounds. Gotcha. So, um, I think it's a little less than a gallon. So then those two plus the steel in the middle, which is actually pretty heavy, it's pretty thick, um, and uh, plus that you get to about forty pounds. Gosh, that that makes me want to do that. 
<laughs> I do have recommendations if you, if you want to do it later. Okay. It's good to know. I'm still loving those resistant bands, though. They're just How great are making they? my life great. Gosh, it's so nice for like, they're really lightweight. It's just like a quick thing to like grab and do some exercises. And it's not like really hard on the joints, obviously, because it starts like pretty. Um, not with like a very high resistance, then obviously it gets more resistance and some pull, but um, it's been really nice for the joints and that kind of thing too. Yeah. So Joey, what, uh, mm -hmm. what's your personal hurdle or just a hurdle that you face? I'd say um, what I was thinking about was back in the day, I would probably have to, oh, see a swaggy bee. Um, back in the day, I would have to say probably my um, my hip issues was one of my bigger hurdles in my life and it taught me a lot and a um, little background so I have a birth defect on my hip called a venous malformation this um, basically creates like where I have enlarged veins and it's intertwined with muscle and the muscle's abnormal muscle. It's weaker than average or normal muscle, but an average Joe's muscle. And so I... Let me interrupt you quick. For yeah. everyone, you guys might be feeling bad for him, thinking like, gosh, he's got some weak leg. This kid could kick a ball further than anyone in our entire school and he had a weakened hip. So... You can't even imagine, like, don't feel bad for him because he kicked, he sent it about 700 yards further than my stupid leg could. But if he <laughs> didn't have it, he'd, he'd be a professional football player. Wow. Kicking. But you'd be a heck of a kicker. <laughs> I'd gladly do it. A lot of cash or not a lot of risk. Um, but to continue, so um, this kind of was a struggle when I was really young and eventually, like, I would wake up at night randomly and just be like bawling my eyes out, like screaming at the top of my lungs because I couldn't walk. And I was like screaming for my parents to like come get me. And finally they like took me in and this is before they knew what I had. And finally they took me in and I did an MRI when I was super, super young. And it's like the first one to do an MRI at some like big hospital in Minneapolis or something. And they're first in their MRI machine there. It's kind of cool. I don't really remember, but because I fell asleep because I was just, I fell asleep in the MRI machine. I was just an exhausted little kid. And did you have um, die? Not that I remember, but I fell asleep immediately. So I could have been just way out of it and they could have just, they could have done whatever. I was just like, ugh, I'm just exhausted. Um, so not that I know of. Um, but eventually they did a bunch of, um, MRIs and CT scans and then went to the U and they figured out that I had a this venous malformation and they're like you know we can it's fine you can just keep it for your life it's just be kind of an inconvenience at times and you can learn how to manage it and so at that point it was like all right let's just go with that let's learn how to manage this and stuff like that so took certain precautions and um, didn't play I mean, that's why I didn't play football is because of this. And then I didn't play other certain sports, probably like lacrosse and, and those kind of things because of this. And um, eventually, like, I think in eighth grade, I was playing baseball and I'm a righty and it's my left hip and I got bean right in the hip. And it was just not ideal. And <laughs> I was in some pain. And, I definitely remember that. And um, I still remember who did it. His first name was Tyler. <sighs> and I was just in so much pain. And my parents were like, all right, let's just try the surgery. Let's just let's see if, what we can do here. And so um, I had, they said they, it could be multiple rounds of surgery. And I was like, whatever, just see if we can fix it. And they did one round and it was pretty much the same. They did another round of surgery. And then I don't know exactly what they did to be honest, but um, they did a second round. And even after a couple of weeks, um, even if after I could like start walking again, cause I had to like not walk for a while. Um, 
it was just no difference. So I was like, all right, this is stupid. I don't want to do a third round of the surgery. And so I ended up not doing that. And we had to kind of adapt. And um, in order to do that, we had to start do certain things. Like I bought custom, or sorry, my parents bought for me uh, custom orthotics. Um, and these helped a ton um, just because I wouldn't be limping. And when my, it's weird because when my, um, hip gets um, swollen. My left leg gets a little longer than my right because my pelvis shifts out of place because it's swollen. That's weird. And so these orthotics have been like super helpful and things like that. And so I've learned how to protect myself quite a bit. And Bobby knows that. So I play basketball as well. And Bobby knows that I fall quite a bit um, in all of our basketball games. Brandon probably knows that better too. And around 90% of the time. <laughs> I and fall a lot. Just so people don't feel bad for him again, it's because he's an elite player. He does some <laughs> weird spin shots all the time. He can be pretty much laying on the ground and he spins up the perfect layup. Or he, that's just the way he passes the ball. He has uh, the ability to make everyone think he's going to turn it over by falling on the ground, but then he does a perfect pass to you. So I always benefited no. from the fall. That was great it's for me. Just stupid and I trip a lot. And... So if you yeah, you drive over noticed, like nine miles per hour. <laughs> if you've ever noticed, I never ever fall on my left side. I have learned a hundred percent to know always how to fall on my right side, hundred percent of the time, pretty much. And so I've adapted that way. Well, I will never really fall on my left side because it would just be awful. And so that's like one of the main adaptations that I've had, kind of playing sports, doing anything now, and I take extra precaution when I. Um, like when I played baseball in high school, you know, uh, I still had extra precautions. I actually got beaten once in high school, and that was pretty shitty, um, right in the hip. And um, so that was awful. But, and I still kind of live with it right now, not that it's like detrimental or anything like that, but it's like caused me, you know, it's, and I didn't realize this when I was younger. I just kind of lived with it. It was just like, all right, this is something that you got to deal with. And um, when I look back at it, it's like a huge moment of like, okay, wow, I really like kind of persevered through that and really learned how to adapt. Like those are my two main takeaways of that whole thing. I, I learned how to adapt and how I fall and, and how I walk and how I protect myself. And I learned how to persevere through those surgeries and any pain that was happening and kind of all just the waiting time to see like what this whole thing was. And it like shocked me that I did that without even realizing it. It was like, wow, this is, I, I have the capability of doing this. It's, it's I mean, I, I was impressed with myself when I was a young kid. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I don't know why I can't do that nowadays. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just like, it was just a realization that came, that came to me later in life of, you know, thinking back to something like that of, of how I can truly adapt and truly persevere through difficulties like that. That's a good one. I definitely didn't think you were going to bring up the hip. That's not the one that I would have thought it would be. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that was, yeah, I was not thinking that. Mm -hmm. hmm. I like to throw curveballs. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Um, Any follow-up questions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like... Do you think something like that um, makes it easier for you to fight through challenges? No. I just, I'm asking from the perspective of like when I was sick, if I have a challenge now, like I definitely, my mind goes straight to that and goes, this, this challenge is as big of a deal as that. And it's always nope because. <laughs> the challenge of life or quality of life versus whatever is going on. It's not comparable. So I'm just curious, does that, does it change? I think without me realizing it, it has, but I do think back to it every now and then. Um, and what you were just describing is exactly, it's just, it's perspective, you know, is this challenge um, just insurmountable? I mean, is this, is this too much for me to take on? And it's like, think back to it and you're like 
please look what I already took on it's like I mean especially with your life too and what you went through with your sickness I mean challenges that you face now are just like inconsequential in comparison to what you went through and um, I think when you when you think back to it it's like it's pretty crazy to think about what you went through and how you persevered through it and when you compare it to what you're going up against nothing yeah that's really true time. and i think a lot of people surprisingly if they look back at their childhood or they look back at their low moment or their low point mm-hmm. like i feel like a lot of people what do you say brandon you said like two months ago <laughs> yeah but i think you do i think most oh, people yeah. once they get removed far enough from a certain like a situation and they look back at it and they start comparing stuff to it they're like I may have already gone through the hardest thing that life can throw at me and I got through it. And so it's like, bring it on. Like, like I, I don't have an excuse anymore because I can't say that something's too hard anymore. Cause not, that's just me saying, I don't want to do it <laughs> or I'm not going to make the effort. It's got good and bad things. It gives you no excuse in a good and bad way. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to ask. If you Do you think you were more active or you did more stuff because of your hip? Now, maybe you didn't at all, but I just think about like if I maybe had that hip issue and I dealt with it, so, with, I'm with it for so long, I get to the point where it's like after the stupid hip, I'm going to do even more than people would normally do because I just gonna shove this hip just shove it in its face screw it i don't i don't know i don't think i have i don't think i've had that perspective i don't think maybe i will now that sounds like a nice challenge um yeah, but you but don't really need it because you do a lot of activity nothing more <laughs> i'm just like a piece of a piece of s now as bobby would say <laughs> yeah but everyone is not doing anything <laughs> I mean, yeah, once it gets nice out, I'll get rolling. I got to get my foot better, but that's in process. Gosh, you've had so many unique injuries. Foot, back, <laughs> hip. Yeah. Well, back, hip. We'll get there. Like an old man. I know. I okay. A lot of broken bones, too. Yeah, yeah you're bones. brittle. I'm brittle. Brittle tracks, that's what they call them. If you are tubby like this and you get all this, you get all this padding, <laughs> you can't get hurt. Yep. Great. Maybe Who knows what the, I'm talking about? Brain is great so to, to life. Great to be protected with that. <laughs> the only problem is then COVID-19 kills you. So I don't know. You're fat? It's pretty, you're fat, yeah. No, that's when you just work out harder. I'm a doctor. I feel like Brandon's in the best best position for COVID because obviously Bobby your immune system's compromised. I have asthma. Yep. Yeah. And Brandon's just like, let's bring I have on. asthma, kind of. I used to have asthma. Hey, I wore a mask today. So Did you? Stay away. I still I still haven't. I, I was I was forced to. I was with Fair. my mom. Uh we went to Lunds. <laughs> I love and, that. Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Keep going, please. <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, I don't need to wear a mask. My dad's like, you're going to be with your mom. You need to wear a mask. It's about other people, not you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, you're right. So then I took it off in the store and breathed on everyone. I'm kidding. I didn't. It was a joke. Don't arrest me. Good one. So I left bad. the house for the first time in a long time yesterday because we're remodeling this building. Mm-hmm. Get that picture. What? <laughs> Woo! I, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, so we're redoing like the whole front facade and improving it, and then we're wrapping the building in the front facade, and then we're extending windows all the way up because at the moment there's windows only halfway up, so it doesn't look as cool. And then obviously repaint and redo a lot of the brick and stuff, but. Yeah, that seems like a really ideal time to do it, huh? With everyone not paying their rent. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's 
it's bad in every sense besides the sense that nobody's gonna be there yeah for a while i mean we we won't start for a couple months probably oh, or a month great. or two never mind it's like it's a I great idea then freezing cold out yeah this week it's please not. i was thinking we should probably we should probably do it until we don't have we should probably do it before we don't have any money then we can just empty the account and then we can go broke no but okay listen this is like the really hard part with this remodel so the city we got a grant because our building is like one of the iconic hopkins buildings okay. and so we got a grant to redo the outside again and they'll split 50 percent of it but they have a time frame on it so it's like uh it's tough because you know no one's paying their rent so okay that is we should end the podcast so we can talk about our weekly goals and get our other stuff done so sounds good thank you everyone for listening sorry for mm, some of the audio problems probably you're probably going to hear audio problems on joey's end because i'm gonna be honest just like all the podcast guys i'm not really editing them because this is just raw footage that you guys get to deal with so with that Brandon is going to play us out and it's going to be great. All right, everyone. Wow, that looks awful. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Just another great time on the Bobby Mason audio experience. As I've said before, if you listen to uh, Pocket Thoughts, do this with your friends, do this with your family, talk about these things. Uh, it makes my life better. It makes me more motivated. Uh, it's always good to obviously check in with your friends and learn more about them. Maybe learn about some things that you didn't know they had some hip thing. I knew about that, but maybe you didn't. And uh, yeah, so do that. Connect with others and just love each other. And we're going to get through this crazy time in our life and everything's going to be great. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>